0: Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to help you get the most out of your grappling ability and meet your goals
1: both on and off the mat.
2: Welcome back, my friends, to the BJJ Brick Podcast. This is episode 360. Today we're talking about Street Smart BJJ, and we'll have fun doing that. Uh, I've got my, my buddies Gary and Joe here with me. And my name is Byron. I'll start this off with a quote. Quote is, Hire Character, Train Skill. That's by uh, Peter Schultz. Uh, guys, I think that's an interesting thing to think about when hiring a person for uh, a job. But it's also kind of important to think about when you look at your teammates. And you, you may not be, you know, the the head coach or the you know, the person running the school. But when you look at your, your teammates and who's going to be helping you and who you're going to be helping, I think character is a big thing. Like skills important. Sure. You want, you know, you're that fairly new white belt and you want the black belt to help you, but maybe character is just as important. Maybe getting, getting a hundred percent of this really nice blue belt is, is possibly better than getting a half thought out answer from a black belt. Who's distracted and doesn't even know your name. Guys, uh, I'll throw to Joe first. Joe, what do you think about higher character trained skill?
0: Well, you know, thinking about it as it relates to jiu-jitsu, I was thinking that um, it's not a hire, but it's sort of a promotion. Um, it's very common for schools to have a, a number of blue belts and purple belts that are assisting in the class. And, and most blue belts that I know of look forward to that, and, and they uh, like to do it. And so there's not necessarily a shortage of people for the coach to ask. And I have seen before where it sort of appears that the the invite to fill that role is based on how good of an athlete or how good of a, you know, how much jujitsu the student knows. And, And honestly, I've seen where that doesn't create quite as good a vibe as other coaches I've seen. They seem to put all of the emphasis on the character. They want the guy that's up in front of the class to to have the, that character that they're looking for, and I, I guess that's the the best I can relate it to jiu-jitsu. I don't know, Byron. What do you think?
2: No, that, that's a good way to look at it. As far as you know, who's going to be helping out and who's going to be doing uh, things and working with other people? They they're going to be representing your school. They're going to be representing the the name on the on the on the sign, and. and Sure, people will get to certain belt levels based on their skill or whatever, but, but who do you want to be running the class when you're gone uh, on vacation? Is it the highest belt every time? I would say no. <laughs> it's the best person
1: for that job. Uh, Gary, any thoughts on that one? You know, I just think about, you know, you setting up BJJ Brick, you know, trying to start it off. Um, first of all— We'll, we'll get it know, going someday, Gary. Yes. I know you did that. <laughs> LLC started a company, and you had no skill. And you had no character. So you're like, okay, I need some character. So you hired me. and uh, a good you know, price, Gary. No I, have, I have character. So then you're like, man, we need a little more character. And you hired Joe. So, I mean, between us, we got two characters and zero skill. And, I mean, look how this thing's taken off. 360 episodes. The number two ranked martial arts podcast, according to one website. And, uh, I mean, look what it's done. I mean, I think it's a it's a great quote. I mean, it's... I mean, I go back to the business world and, uh, you know, that's, uh, character I think is huge. Um, you know, you can teach skill, you can get the skill. Um, but are you going to have somebody who's, you know, will go for jujitsu down for the team, you know? I guess that would work for work also, um, you know, you a team team player, um, because we can teach the rest of the stuff. Are you going to show up, you know, work? I mean, that's the hardest thing to. it should be the easiest thing to do, but get somebody to show up. I mean, it's uh, are you going to show up to to uh, practice if you don't show up to practice, your team suffers. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a I guess maybe I'm a big character person because my skill level has never uh, uh, been top notch. So uh, I try to make up for it in character. Oh, Gary,
2: you're hard on yourself uh, with the skill and very gracious on the character thing.
1: <laughs> but You know, I can think of going back uh, to a training partner that Byron and I have. Um, you know, I'm going to give a shout-out to Craig Kennedy. Craig Kennedy is probably the uh, highest character individual you'll ever meet. Um, what I like, uh, you know, I, I take it back to the jiu-jitsu realm is Craig is always welcoming a new person. He's always working with a new person. He's always working with a hurt person who needs a a partner just to uh, maybe try something. You know, he's always talking through issues with people, and uh, not everybody will take the time to do that. Um, so, uh, you know, it's great to have those uh, you know high level character people in your gym, in your on your team. And he's got a move named after him, the Kennedy Clutch. He does. <laughs>
2: We should put that on YouTube so everybody can can enjoy the Kennedy Clutch. Yeah. You know, I think that's uh, having people of character around you, uh, of good character, is very important. I mean, obviously you want skilled individuals as well, but to some respect, like depending on the job, depending on the task, maybe they need to walk in the door with some skill. But just flip it around and look at it totally backwards. If the character is bad, how good do they have to be for you to even think about having them on the team or having them work for you? Like those, that's that's not even a, well, a good option. <laughs> they're going to rob you blind, yeah. or they'll, you know, they'll do something bad. They're going to run people. They're going to run people away yeah. from your
1: gym. Um, you know, uh, a business owner needs to make money you need to at least break even um you know to keep the keep the store open keep the gym open but uh you know we're we're wanting to make money make a living off of this and uh if you have somebody who's running people away you know i don't care how good that person is it's uh it's it's counterproductive
0: yeah and if it's a character issue and a skill issue if they have high enough skill level they might not run people away now but that will come eventually you know, you think about, you, you build a team based on the most skill, you might win in the short run. But in the long run, like Gary said, the lack of character will end up driving people away. You'll have fleeting success instead of long-term success.
1: Yeah, you know, we can think of a case study with this. Uh, you know, way back, uh, I think, it, uh, shoot, I don't know what city it was, but it was out in California. There was a school and uh, uh, a guy moved out there from Precipiti, New Jersey. And, uh, his name was Daniel Larusa, and he was looking <laughs> for a gym to join. And, uh, so he stopped into, uh, Cobra Kai there on a corner and, um, what he ran into was, uh, uh, the teacher over there, uh, I forgot his name, but, uh,
0: he, was he did a bad not bad dude though.
1: Yeah. He didn't have a lot of character and, uh, you know, some of the, uh, Some of the uh, talent he had there, like uh, Johnny Lawrence, uh, you know, they he didn't have the best character, Um, you know, Dutch Dutch was the same way, you know, not the best character. So, uh, you know, they they probably would have had a more successful gym. Um, But uh, um, in the long run, the gym kind of died and it went from being a major movie to now being on YouTube Plus or YouTube Red or whatever that's called.
0: That was a quality segment, Gary. Thank you. (laughs) That that was good.
1: Uh, Well, Joe,
2: speaking of quality segments, I think you have our off-the-mat lesson. Wait, did you say quality, Byron? Quantity segments? Quality? Quality. I'm going to go with quality for Joe.
0: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, So you guys being uh, Midwestern guys and Byron being a little younger, I don't know what kind of impression it made on you, but uh, the Exxon Valdez oil spill uh, happened in March, the year that I turned 21, and being on the West Coast, and I was just trying to get in the fishing business. Uh, it was a big deal there. Do you guys remember that?
1: Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so you probably weren't born yet.
2: I, I, I was born, and I do remember seeing on the news and seeing, you know, different animals covered in oil and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, basically the ship lost, you know, 90% of its cargo or something like that. Uh, horrible oil spill, oil all up and down the beaches and um within uh 3 or 4 days the cleanup got started and within a, a few weeks of that, uh we started to get word back from some people that we knew that had gone up there to do the cleanup and they were uh getting like 12 bucks an hour and 70-80 hours a week. And and they would just work like a thirty day contract. That's what they're signed up for. And then they were planning to take a week off and then go back for another contract. And you know, this is back. Minimum wage was still like uh, three forty five an hour or something. And a, a a labor job for a guy with a high school diploma was six or seven bucks an hour. And, um, I had a job that I, I thought I could uh, afford to lose, and and so did my buddy Ralph, my roommate. So we scraped together the last few pennies we had, and we flew up to Alaska. We were told, you know, you just fly up to Alaska, uh, you, you go to Anchorage, get on a small plane and fly down to the Kodiak Island, and here's where the employment office is where they're hiring everybody, and they're going to set you up and you'll be out of there with a the job the same day. You just need to buy a backpack and sleeping bag and all this stuff. So we, we went and got geared up, uh, pretty much spent everything we had to do that, flew up there, and when we show up at the office... The lady basically says, well, boys, you're a day late and a dollar short. Oh. <laughs> what What happened is, and and this is very understandable to me, um, the Alaskan residents and specifically the Alaskan natives were like, wait, we're the ones that are going to be most negatively affected by this long term. We should be the first ones to get these jobs. And, and so they took that to court and there was an injunction and she said, we've got to uh, process all the Alaska native resident, all the Alaska native apps first, then the resident apps, and then we'll start on the lower 48 again. We're like, how long is that going to be? She said, oh, could be a few weeks, could be a week or two more than that. <laughs> We're like, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. And she says, uh, you know, if, you, if you're not wanting to spend any money on lodging, there's a there's an island you just go, to, it's not really an island, it's just a high tide, you might not be able to get on or off the island, but she said, people camp out there, so, uh there you go. So, so yeah, it's called near Island. And, and so we went out there, set up camp. Um, and the next day we, we go in town cause we're like, well, let's go find the unemployment office and see if we want to find a job. Let's figure out. If we want to get some money, Western union to us and go home, you know, we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to do. So we, we walk into town and we run into this kid maybe 17, 18 years old and, and get to asking him about jobs. And I'm asking him, you know, where the fishing docks are. I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll get a job on a boat or something. And, uh, when he finds out we're staying on the Island, he's like, man, come stay up at my place, Uh, like your place. Well, my, it's my mom and I, she's out of town. So come on. (laughs) So, So we gather our stuff. We go up to this kid's house. The next day we're walking into town and we hear this guy say, Hey, you want a job? What the hell? Turn, turn around this guy. He offers us 10 bucks an hour to go do a roofing job, and neither one of us put on a roof before. So we did that. <laughs> yeah, And then and a few days later, this kid's mom gets home, and um, she says, well, you know, if you guys want to just make a little money while you're here, if you go down to this office, um, they hire for the fish plants and uh, they, they'll provide you transportation to one of the fish plants they've got bunkhouses set up and you can do that so uh, we took her up on that we went down and uh, applied for the job got the job and they put us in a little bush plane and flew us up to uh at knack it's part of the uh, Aleutian Island chain up on the Bering uh seaside and we worked for five or six weeks and uh made 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 enough money to break even you know and uh, man i tell you being in alaska in the summertime with the uh it's it's daylight like that it's a trip really nice we really enjoyed our time up there and after our five or six weeks of neck that um we went uh, we were going to go work another uh, fish plant for another salmon season we ended up bailing on that but while we were heading there we went through what they call the inside passage there's like uh I, islands on one side and the mainland on the other and it, it's sort of protected and they've got a ferry system that runs in there and so it's like three o'clock in the morning and it's a sunset on one side over snow-covered mountains and on the other side it's a full moon over snow-covered mountains and this it just like that for three or four hours and then the sun comes back up and um pretty wild we had a good time and uh so then, then we hitchhiked up to Fairbanks just to see Fairbanks. And uh, on the way out of there, we got caught in a rainstorm, man. And then this guy picks us up, and he takes us to – he says, where are you guys going? I said, Anchorage. We're going back to Anchorage. He's like, man, that's 300 miles. He said, I'm going halfway. So we head there, and he's like, hey, why don't you guys just come to my house, dry your clothes out, have some pizza, have some beer, and get heading in the morning. I'm like, all right. So – <laughs> so we do this, and it turns out it's just a rambling of adventure. I could I could tell you 15 more things that happened up there that were really crazy. But the end result is I, I've always looked back on this as something that at that point it, it was a highlight, you know, um, and, and it's something I've just never regretted doing. And it turns out, you know, I don't think we realized this at the time, but uh, I think we needed the experience and the adventure much more than we needed the money. Uh, Neither one of us felt like uh, it was a bust. Uh, We both had a great time. And um, I think that uh, any big endeavor that you undertake will have some similarities to this adventure that my buddy Ralph and I went on, like jujitsu. And one of those similarities is, there's probably going to be a point sometime early on where it makes sense to just bail. And in jujitsu, oftentimes that's a nagging injury or the blue belt blues, whatever those are, or maybe um, a change in schedule at work. So now you can't train as often. It's easy to get discouraged. And um, so you pull the plug on it. It makes sense, right? You like, ah, it just makes more sense for me to not be doing this. Well, it made more sense, really, for us to just get a, a flight home after we got up there for two days, and or after we got up there and found out that we weren't going to get the jobs we thought we were going to get. Made sense just to go home, but boy, I'm really glad I didn't. So, I, I think that's uh, one lesson that we could relate to jujitsu, and the other is you never know when saying yes to going and doing something is going to turn out great. So, in your jujitsu journey, if you have an opportunity to travel and train. Uh, go to a, a week long camp or something. You might be hesitant to do it, but you never know when, when going to do something like that's going to turn out to be the adventure of a lifetime.
2: Man, that is about the definition of turning uh, lemons into lemonade. You know, like <laughs> you, you, you get there and immediately, basically smacked in the face, that's not happening anymore. You're not making a bunch of money doing that job. Well, <laughs> and then by the time it's over, you enjoyed the experience, you grew from it. It it was it was it was great, and uh, you know as I'm, I'm reflecting on this, do you think that some of the little little short part time jobs you got were just uh, vacated by the locals doing the oil cleanup, and you got their open spots? Maybe like the roofing <laughs> thing. Are those, are those it, roofers right now? Were they cleaning oil, and you took their? You're just like, oh, I'll do a roof, and they did that.
0: You know, it it could be, but honestly, I just got the impression that more people, especially back then, but I think it's still a little bit true. More people up in Alaska just kind of live, fly by the seat of their pants. You know, like you could have a company where you put roofs on and you don't actually have any employees, (laughs) you know, you just hire guys off the street and, um, maybe they're a little looser about the under the table kind of thing. Cause it was just, here's a hundred bucks when we were done, gave us each a hundred bucks and, um, Got the impression that was fairly normal. But think about it. That's two the the dude that let us stay at his house, and then that kid and his mom, two separate people that just like, sure, come crash at our place. Alaskans are a different breed of people.
2: So are Texans.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> in a different way.
1: That's <laughs> yeah. Joe's from Texas or in Texas right yeah. now. Joe, I was uh looking at your story from another way. Um You know, I, I know I've talked numerous times about, uh, me being scared to try jujitsu and, you know, driving, you know, past the building the first time and being afraid to uh, get out of my car and driving back home. Uh, you know, just, uh, I was thinking of, you know, you, you and your buddy just pulling the trigger, um, and just taking off. Um, you don't really know a hundred percent what's out there. I mean, you thought you were going to get that job right off the bat. Um, but you know, you took the chance. You Christopher Columbus did, uh, you know, you just took a chance and uh, <laughs> look how much you've learned out of that, uh, you know, and and that, that's kind of the way I looked at it. Um, you know, if let's say even if I did, you know, try jujitsu, you know, I, I let's say, you know, I tell my story that I, I, I drove past the place the first day I chickened out and, you know, felt like, you know, just terrible that I was afraid to do it and then ended up showing up the next day. But even let's say I, let's say it wasn't for me, you know, you're talking about time to bail. Let's say I put three months in, I paid three months straight and I went in there and, uh, you know, I, I had the guts to go in there and try it, but then I find out, Hey, maybe this isn't for me. And I bail three months later and, uh, you know, go back to, you know, playing basketball or lifting weights or whatever. But I can guarantee you no matter what in those three months, even though it may have not been your favorite thing to do, you learn something. Um, you know, so that that's kind of what I took out of your story. I just, uh, you know, you, I think you said you were 18 years old and, uh, you know, just to, uh, have the guts to, uh, hop on a plane, you know, take every last penny you have and, uh, go on an adventure. I admire that.
0: Well, thanks Gary. I was 21, but that's all still true. Something I thought about while you were talking too is, you know, I told you I was trying to break into the commercial fishing industry, which wasn't really easy. Uh, and, uh, but things picked up really quick after I got back from Alaska. And I always just attributed that to, you know, that's just the the way things go. Or maybe I, I got a lucky break or something. But, you know, maybe I came back with a little more confidence or something. Character, like Byron said, growth. So, yeah.
2: And Gary just mentioned his, his brief story of... Uh, driving by the Jiu-Jitsu gym saying, man, not tonight, I'll do it. And it kind of, <laughs> as he would refer to it, as like checking it out or not doing it and being disappointed in himself. Him sharing that story has motivated several people to actually just walk in the door for the first time and start their Jiu-Jitsu, uh, hearing, hearing Gary's story. And I think that's where the the, the Libins turn the lemonade for Gary's story. And Joe, man, why didn't you just Google it before you left for Alaska? You could have figured that out. I know,
0: right? <laughs> I know, right? Even when he I was there, I should, a... have just, should have just whipped my cell phone out. And...
1: Yep, should have just got the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> 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 oh yeah. man,
2: different times. That was what uh, I googled it. It's night. I did Google it. It's night. It was 1989. Was the uh, oil spill yeah. for Exxon Valdez? Yeah, yeah.
1: But you think about it, you know. Joe and his buddy at 21 years old took off out there and did a lot of stuff. And, you know, I bet those guys became much more street smart.
0: That's true. Yeah. If if I had a little bit of jujitsu to go along with my street smart, that would have been actually more beneficial. Yeah. But now I'll try and do my best to take the two and put them together. And I (laughs) I like to think maybe I will have street smart Brazilian jujitsu.
2: There we go. So to start off our main topic here. I, I I I typed in street smart on Google. Any person would do that to try to get more street smart. Is just to learn about it online. <laughs> Wait, that kind of goes counterintuitive. Uh, no, nope. and I and I found that some definitions, or or I found street smarts divided into four categories on Urban Dictionary. Uh, one of I'll just read the four categories: uh, getting along with others, common sense, self defense, and BS detection. No one, someone, no one, someone's trying to lie to you, and th- those are pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good place to start, as far as looking at what is street smart, and then, and then what is jujitsu street smart, and how could that, how do you gain from that, you know? And so I think the biggest category people are I of the third one is self defense. You know, knowing how to defend yourself from an attacker. Um, that's that's pretty important, and I think jujitsu covers a lot of that. So I think any. In, in if you if you look at the self defense classes they're gonna teach you like a little bit of basic moves, but they also talk a lot about um you know walking with confidence, looking at people in the eye on the street you know or, or uh or, you know making appropriate social gestures not being an easy target and that sort of thing you know put your if you're walking on the street and you're looking at your phone as you walk down the street and it's not a safe street or whatever like you're an easy target, no matter who you are. You know, I, Joe is liable to mug that guy, even if he's 6'5 and, and 270. If the guy's looking at his phone, Joe's going to end up making a
1: move and attacking oh, that so, guy. So, <laughs> so well, why do you take the guy from Texas and make him the criminal,
0: Byron? I was going to say only on the weekends. I don't, I, don't do, <laughs> I don't do my muggings Monday through Friday. Well,
2: <laughs> he had to survive on the mean streets of Alaska. He, he does it under <laughs> the table.
1: Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, you know, Byron, you're talking about that, being aware of your surroundings. And, uh, you know, I was watching something really, really cool the other day, and it was uh, Tim Kennedy, the UFC fighter, the jiu-jitsu guy. Um, He's got a website where he does training, uh, and not just a website, but uh, he's got these weekend training seminars. and but I was watching a video from it and I think it was under like cheap dog response or something. Cause I actually went to the website and checked some more stuff out. But, um, man, he was really just talking about, uh, just being aware of your surroundings. And it was kind of cool. He was talking about, you go into a grocery store and he's like, first of all, you know, based off of where people park, you can tell a lot about that person. And, you know, he's talking about people who park in the front, maybe handicapped, maybe utterly. He's like, uh, all you got to do is look at the cars and look at a bumper sticker and the car. And you can almost tell everything about the people who, you know, who owns this car. And, uh, you know, I thought that was pretty crazy. Um, you know, I never really thought about that, but you know, if you see a, uh, my, my kid is a, uh, a, um, uh, what do you call it? A, a honor roll, you know, at, at so-and-so middle school, you already kind of, kind of guessing the age of that person. Um, but man, he was really just talking about as you're walking, like you said, you see what's going on. You, you look, does something look out of place? And he's like, once you figure something looks out of place, then you hone all your, your intellect and everything onto that one little spot. And, uh, you know, it was really pretty cool. You know, just, uh, the way he was talking, um, you know, he, he's always prepared and, you know, a lot of times I put on my uh, just uh pair of slides, you know, to go to the grocery store or whatever. But, you know, he's like, you wear a pair of slides to the grocery store. If a, pair you need to run, slides, a pair of what? A pair of
0: what? What are slides? slides? Uh,
1: <laughs> sandals. Sandals. Uh, sandals. But, uh, sandals you could not
2: run in if you had to.
1: Yeah, kind of like flip flops, whatever. But he's like, you can't run in them. Um, you know, he's talking about the uh, jeans he was wearing. You know, he gets uh, jeans that you know fit a little bit loose, so he can kick you in the head if he has to. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was just man, just some incredible stuff. I I spent like an hour just listening to some of his uh, uh, some of his YouTube videos there, and uh, it was really really informative. Yeah, Joe, I,
0: I watched a, I watched a few of them too. They were good. I, I too wear baggy jeans in case I have to kick someone in the knee. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You guys are making me want to sell my, th- <laughs> my tight pants.
1: Get rid of those. <laughs> well, you know, the good thing about you, Byron, though you're always wearing yoga pants. So, I mean, you're always... <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, so let's just take a jiu-jitsu guy. I bet, Byron, about half your t-shirts have something to do with jiu-jitsu. Joe, I bet you in the same boat, I can tell you, half of mine are jiu-jitsu. So, like he was talking about, he's like predators. They pick out the weak. They don't go for another apex predator. Um, You know, so let's say Byron's walking down the street in a tank top. If you've seen Byron's arms, you would know that he's not going to look very intimidating. And yoga pants. And me and Joe are on the other side, and Joe's got a skull and crossbones shirt on, um, a Glock hat, and I got a jujitsu shirt on. And me and Joe are walking, you know, by each other. Byron's probably going to be the one getting mugged over there by himself wearing his uh, yoga pants.
0: Gary, it's funny you mentioned T-shirts. Uh, because uh, there there's two places. Well, they both have one thing in common, probably. But there's two places I won't wear a Jiu-Jitsu t-shirt if I go out in public, like to watch fights or something. Like we've got a place Beefo Brady's. It's sort of a uh, hot dog. Beefo Brady's. A, <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> I like you to familiar with them.
1: No, but it, it sounds like uh sounds like a Chef Boy RD. Uh, you know, uh, can of Chef Boy RD. No, (laughs) no,
0: it's it's good food and drinks, but they show the fights, and if I go there to see, I won't wear a jiu-jitsu shirt to a place like that, or to like a concert where people are drinking, because I don't need some young dude to think like, oh, that guy thinks he's tough over there in his jujitsu shirt, huh? Yeah.
1: Well, that's that's what I, I know. You We've talked about this before, and, and you told you do the same thing Byron did. I know you told me when you go to concerts or you go out to eat, you always wear your yoga pants.
0: So <laughs> yeah, because who's going to mess with a guy in yoga pants? <laughs> you can't submit me.
2: <laughs> All right. I, the one well, yeah, comment I, I have. Yeah, go ahead, Gary.
1: Uh, yeah, or I don't even know what I was going to say. Okay. But, I just thought, you know, I, I think Tim Kennedy has some great stuff, just, uh, you know, the way to be aware, like Byron said, walking confident, don't be looking down at, at your phone. Um, you know, be, be aware of your surroundings. And, uh, then when you see something that looks weird, start honing in on that, you know, then your you, your brain's going to start working overdrive, like, you know, just trying to figure out a little things that's happening. Do I need to get out of here? What the heck is happening? And, uh, how am I going to keep myself and my loved ones or whoever I'm at safe
2: yeah, I remember when I was in uh, Old San Juan uh, on a vacation with my wife, and we were... do you have yoga pants on? Yeah, probably. I'm just assuming, yeah, because uh, that's, you know, why not, you know? Well,
0: I, actually, a vacation destination like that, Gary, I'm pretty sure he was wearing a Speedo. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> backwards.
0: Anyway,
2: I don't think of Old <laughs> Old San Juan as being, like, dangerous or a bad place. It's kind of, it's kind of a touristy area of, of the city. But I, we, we were walking. It's some places a half mile away or something like that. Do we do we get a cab or Uber or whatever? Or do we walk? We decided to walk. It was nice out. And so I get my phone. I program in where to go. And every, you know, I start off, I'm just looking at my phone. And we're, okay, we're walking in the right direction. And we're going. But I was like, that's not smart. Like, not only am I looking at my phone, I'm looking at a map on my phone. Like, I don't yeah. belong. Nothing could have said, I don't belong here any more than that.
1: Uh, so well, didn't it you uh,
2: putting my phone away between peeking at it occasionally was I think a better idea than just holding it while I walk from one destination and announcing to everybody I am gonna be lost if I don't know have my yeah. phone in my
1: hand. Well didn't you go somewhere else too and somebody took a picture with you and tried to steal your wallet yeah. before you went out of the country that or something? That was interesting. <laughs> yeah.
2: No uh, one more thing on, on Gary's comment. So you don't have to to, my, my thought is, you don't have to look tough. You don't have to have the, you know, the, I don't know, the, the, the you said a Glock hat or something like that. Like, I think you just have to look like not a target. And I think that having a, a hat that says Glock on it or a t shirt that says Glock on it or whatever, you don't have to pick the Glock brand, but it's more likely to get your car broken into while you're gone than having a <laughs> plain hat. Like, that's pretty realistic as well. Like
1: you, you got that right. So, yep.
2: <laughs> so not bragging about that sort of a thing is probably a better move than than to, to brag about it. Or to, I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on that
1: one. But yeah, yeah, I, have, I could see that point. Um, but I could, I also see the point that man, somebody with a Glock hat on, he probably likes firearms. And is this a concealed carry state? Sure. Um, you know, he's, there's a good chance this guy's carrying. Um, you know, if if he's not carrying a firearm i bet that dude is carrying a uh, a uh, a blade um you know so uh you know you're always uh i don't know i guess that's the way i look at it but i, I see what you're saying too i mean shoot uh, this is probably a good car to break into there's a chance i might be able to get a handgun but then you got a way that you, you got to go back to all that stuff K- tim kennedy's saying all that stuff in your brain is it worth it to me to try to break into this guy's car and I think he's a firearm fanatic, and he comes out and he's carrying, I could be in some major trouble.
2: Absolutely. So how that... And I'm not going to hear me tell people how to rob somebody's
1: car. But, um, well, that's That's episode 361. Gary,
2: you get out of your car and and some people watch you and he's got a Glock hat on or whatever. And you walk off. I walk off with Gary and stay on my phone and say he's he's still heading north. He's still going north. He's looking at, uh, Speedos. And I just stay on the contact with the phone while Joe goes and breaks your window and gets into your car.
1: And well, let's go back to exactly what we were talking about. You're on your phone the whole time. So when you're chasing <laughs> me down, some other dude's going to freaking <laughs> clock you, you know, because they're playing the knockout game. They're going to pull your pants down and steal your wallet.
2: I'm not advocating doing what I was saying. Like, I'm, I'm not advocating Joe going in and, and running around in the car. But there's a thing. If somebody's so, I mean, following you on their phone, they could be
1: watching you and reporting on what you you don't need to, to follow people on their phone because we're all chipped anyhow. That's, yeah.
2: All right, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's hey, talk a little bit. You guys bit. want to talk about the coin shortage? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man! So I the the reason for this this whole topic for uh, Street Smart and BJJ is I've kind of had a change in my own thought process process of self defense. I my my typical kind of I don't know operating system that I'm running on is. People don't like to fight. That's not a thing people want to do. It's Even when somebody says they want to fight, most people don't want to fight. They're they're trying to save face. They're trying to uh, look tough or whatever. So I've been operating that for, I don't know, 15 years or so. Like not right when I started Jiu-Jitsu, but after maybe five or so years after Jiu-Jitsu, I'm like, yeah, no one's going to want to actually fight anybody. And so I think that attitude that I've had is probably accurate, but it's a wrong way to look at the world because it would lead me to misguess a few people, possibly. And although it may not happen very often, and it really doesn't happen, hasn't happened to me, is, but if it does happen, it's a, it's like wearing a seatbelt. Unlikely that today I'm going to need my seatbelt, but I sure wore it every time I got in a vehicle. So me me making a wrong assumption just once could be a life-altering mistake. So I, I need to assume that if somebody is looks like they want to fight, that there's a good chance that, that that's real. <laughs> Even if it's not, I need to err on the side of caution. And I need to make moves to de-escalate the situation and resolve the issue in a way that would end in both of us being happy. Um, opposed to me looking at the person like, this isn't real. I remember one situation where i was on a uh on a call uh, as a as a firefighter and the, the guy he was mad at us and there were no police on scene yet and he we were in the garage and he's cussing and all these obscenities gary i hate for you to have to hear those why was he mad at him? he was just mad at the situation more than anything um he needed to go to the hospital he didn't want to go he was getting mad um, I don't, it's, it's you been years, to go to the not really, but we could try to convince. And it depends if he's like, he might've been like suicidal to where we actually could take him. Um, but he was like, you know, F this, I'm going back inside. And, and I had already maneuvered myself between him and the, the door to inside the house. And I was like, no, you can't go back inside. We have to stay on the, here in the garage. And so you can't let somebody back inside because who knows what's inside it, all kinds of weapons, even in just the kitchen, he can grab a knife, but you gotta assume in Kansas or in most places, there could be easily be a gun. So I was assuming, uh, you know, I'm not gonna let him in the house. That's the thing. And he, he puffed up and told me he's going to kick my butt and all this stuff. And, and I was like, well, if, I you at me, if you looked at me and saw all this joke, no, if you looked at me, you would think I was perfectly willing to just fight this guy. And, and he was just a, a young punk basically like, um, you know, much like I was at that age, like just, kind of a little more agitated than he should have been, but like, I don't think he would have physically proposed, you know, had a threat to me, but I was just like, Hey, I'm standing here in the doorway, man. There's nothing, you're not going inside. And, and I didn't try to deescalate it. I didn't try to, you know, you know, kind of talk him down. I just put the wall up and said, you're not doing that. And that may or may not have been the right decision, but I was assuming the whole time he doesn't really want to fight me. And I also wasn't particularly afraid of fighting him if that was the case, but My underlying thought was he doesn't want to fight me should be, you know what? He might go right through me. He might really want what's inside his house right now. And I need to be uh, trying to convince him that it's best to stay out here in the garage. It's best to wait. Uh, You know, the police are going to be here. They're going to talk to him as well or whatever. But so just kind of my underlying thought process process of somebody who I've mispronounced the word process twice now, uh, who is saying or looking like they want to fight. That's I think that's usually a bluff and I should just assume that it's probably more realistic than, than I'm assuming and to take that as a serious thing. Cause I could, if you, I could care less of him telling me he's going to kick my butt because a, I didn't think he's going to do it and B, I don't think he could do it, but I should at least think, you know, he's going to try. <laughs> so that's just one example. And I've, you know, pretty much everything like that I've been involved with has been at work instead of you know, I don't go out to the club. I don't go to places where trouble happens um, unless you count Walmart as one of those places. Uh, And I don't try to go there very often.
1: (laughs) There you go. Picking on Walmart again,
2: Amazon safer for me. So that's just, that that kind of spurred my thought about, you know what? I'm, I'm doing this wrong. I'm thinking that people don't actually want to fight. And that's, I think true, but I should assume that there's a good chance that they will. Just as I put my seatbelt on, there's a good chance someday I'll be in a pretty serious accident and I don't want it to be today, but if it is, I'm ready. This is as ready as I can be.
0: Yeah. I think that's a a smart, uh, change in your mindset there. I I guess I've never been as uh, confident in humanity as you have. I, (laughs) I've never doubted that some people just like to fight. Maybe it's some of the guys I knew when I was fishing and, uh, some of the places we hung out, but yeah, I always just assumed there were some people out there that enjoyed fighting, and if you uh, if you were available for a training partner, it just might be your night. Um, so, but my question to you, Byron, is as you've changed your mindset a little bit, has that train changed the way you approach your training at all?
2: So this just happened like a week ago <laughs> that I thought like that's a bad way to run things. So it hasn't uh, had any effect on you know. Post COVID trading, that's basically minimal, if anything. And then uh, I haven't been in a situation where it's actually mattered. I, I, you know, I also don't know how much of having that thought process has helped me not be in fights. Because as the guy sitting there threatening at me, I'm sitting there smiling, like, like I don't. This guy's it, crazy. Like, like does he? I maybe not want to fight this guy. <laughs> like, I smile a lot, you know. And when when somebody's yelling at me or is trying to puff up. I it, it may har be hard for me to not smile and think this will be interesting. We we that's one thing about jiu-jitsu. We spar for fun. It's a rough sport, and if you can't judge some, you can't look at somebody and say he's going to not be good at fighting. But most people are not going to be good at fighting. And and in this this kid situation, this this young man who has. You know, has has lots of trouble in his life. I don't think he was a dedicated martial artist or <laughs> anything, uh, and and I just didn't have any fear. So I likely had a big old smile on my face, like, "No, you're not get through the door, man. You stayed in the garage." And I didn't. And, and maybe that attitude helped him decide not to try me any more than than he needed to. But like Gary said, well, wearing those thing, yoga pants, yeah. it does prevent a lot yeah. of uh, attacks on, on a guy well, like you me. Know,
1: you were blocking that door, but you had no clue what was in that house. You know, I, when you were talking about that, uh, you know, also I kept thinking is his girlfriend. You know, I watch a lot of cops, That girlfriend's all of a sudden in there. She's getting agitated because, uh, you know, you're punking out her boyfriend and she comes up behind you and uh, got you like a fish.
0: I, I was figuring he'd get shot with a shotgun, but getting stabbed. <laughs> yeah. getting stabbed
1: yeah. But I mean, it's funny. You were thinking the same thing. You know, I mean, I I love the idea that we blocked the door because you don't want that guy to go in. You have no clue what he's there. But you like you were saying, there are no cops. Nobody's entered that premises and cleared those rooms. Sure. You really don't know what's coming up behind you in a DV situation.
2: Yeah, that's that's 100 percent true, Gary. Uh, In this situation, and it's been years, but I'm guessing he was the reason why we were there. He was the one causing problems. And anybody else would have been more calm and collected and probably been happy that we were trying to help him figure out what to do with it himself that been,
1: night. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but next thing you know, some guy with a leather face <laughs> could have came up behind, to put you on a meat hook, and uh, turned on the old uh, uh, chainsaw. Yeah, that's the thing. That's
2: If you look at the percentage, chances of that happening, pretty good. Very little.
1: <laughs> but you know, uh, you know, you were talking about You know, we spar all the time in jiu-jitsu. It's a rough sport, uh, you know, to get better at fighting, you need to fight. And, you know, if you're just doing plain jiu-jitsu, we're not throwing punches, but we're doing everything else. And, uh, you know, it just gets you more used to the adrenaline you're going to feel, you know, the the craziness that's going to go on, make you be a lot more calm in that situation. Um, But, you know, I think the other thing that jiu-jitsu at least has taught me and, you know, before jiu-jitsu – I think I would have been more apt to actually throw down to somebody, throw down with somebody who was, uh, you know, let's say a road rage incident or, you know, somebody just in a parking lot bumps into my car and wants to start a fight with me. I think pre-jiu-jitsu I would have been more more uh, uh, likely to throw down uh, and I couldn't fight, you know, worth a lick. Um, but uh, I think the training in jiu-jitsu – has got it where, you know, I guess when I was started, before I started, you know, I thought I was tough. I, I you know, wanted that ego blast or whatever. And I guess now that I train all the time, I, I, I think, I think, I can't say I get in these situations that I would do everything possible to de-escalate it and walk away. Um, you know, keep distance, do very safe stuff. Nothing, uh, you know, not smiling at somebody like what you were talking about there. I, I think. I would apologize profusely, um, you know, and, uh, you know, try to deescalate it.
0: Yeah. Gary, that's the smartest thing. And for, for, if for no other reason, then there's such a high probability that you both end up losing. I mean, you may quote unquote win the fight, but if you injure the guy in the process of it, or you get injured in the process, there, there can be so many other, ramifications to a fight besides who wins and loses yeah. so I, I i'm with you i'm gonna do everything i can to to stay out of it and i don't care if anybody calls me a, a yellow-bellied uh chicken or uh, yeah, see, soccer. Ye- no a yellow-bellied pony soldier is that what it was <laughs>
1: joe i would never call you that okay Yeah. But, you know, Joe, you make a very good point there. And I didn't even really think too much about that. But I mean, man, everybody's so happy today. And, you know, everybody's always, you know, oh, you know, you you hit me even though I started this and you shattered my jaw. I'm going to sue you. Um, Next thing you know, it's like, hey, Joe has a uh, podcast on jujitsu. That must mean he's incredible. He's no yelly bellied seersucker or whatever it was, <laughs> pony soldier. You know, he's uh you know, he's a flat out killer. Let's sue him for all he's got.
2: Yeah, that's Joe, I like that. That's one of the notes I have. There's more than one ways to lose a fight. And you could definitely like school school rules, playground rules, fight, win the fight, and then lose huge later on. And just like Um, We could
1: lose our livelihoods. We could, you know, this gets out. Um, You know, social media today, you know, hey, uh, uh, you know, prominent uh, uh, sea captain, you know, beats up 12 year old. Uh, And next (laughs) thing you know, uh,
0: you're giving me me too much credit, Gary. I haven't (laughs) had much luck against 12 year olds (laughs) lately. (laughs)
2: yeah and just in my situation like that you know i was actually at work i'm working i'm trying to help people and if i did get into a fight with that person my whole goal is to to end this in a safe manner but not all fights end that way you know like he he could let's just say he almost knocks me out immediately now i'm fighting for my life and and you know like just that's the thing, and maybe I do damage to him, and maybe it's not a, one of those fights
1: that I've been fortunate enough to be into, where I just I control somebody until the police get there. And but let's say you damage him, and next thing you know, uh, he seeks uh, restitution from the fire department. Sure, you know, and me you personally, could lose your job, yeah. you're all over, yeah, you're all over the news, um, and you were fighting for your life, but uh, you know, because of your training or or whatever, um, you know, it's a. Uh, it's a shame.
2: Yeah. And you don't have to be at work to lose your job from something no, like that. No,
1: not at all. Not at all. I mean, the next thing you know, you got people calling to defund the fire department.
0: All right. So, Kelly. guys, that, it's funny you guys got into that, uh, the negative ramifications and the injuries, because that's actually one of the things that really drew me to jujitsu. I had done. Uh, a pretty good bit of backyard boxing, taking some karate lessons some Taekwondo lessons, kind of bounced around some of that stuff and really figured that that was going to be my uh, way to defend myself in my twenties and early thirties. And as I got older, one of the things that occurred to me was that, uh, you know, I quit hanging out at the bars. I quit, quit going places where I would get in a mono-y type fight. And I thought, well, what kind of altercation am I likely to get into? And, you know, It could be with somebody that, you know, like I, I I had a buddy who uh, drank too much in high school. And I remember he went over to his parents' house or his girlfriend's parents' house once and tore up the yard and stuff. And it's like, that's the kind of situation where I could see myself getting into altercation. Maybe one of my kids is 18, 19 years old and they've got a friend that's drinking or something. They come over to the house being an idiot. I want to be able to stop them from being an idiot without having to punch them 10 times. And I, I was kind of at that point in my life when I was introduced to jujitsu, my kids were a little bit younger, but that's what I thought about. I thought, here's a way to, you know, sort of subdue somebody without having to uh, give them a, a concussion.
1: Yeah. And Joe, think about how many YouTube videos we've seen like that. And I mean, let's go back to one of our guests. And I know we talked about it on the show, but Ryan Hall, that, uh, restaurant incident, you know, Ryan Hall took him down and, uh, you know, stayed on top and, uh, You know, basically the guy didn't get hurt. Ryan Hall subdued him, you know, by using great technique where the guy wasn't, you know, a danger to to Ryan or any of Ryan's parties or to himself. Uh, You know, I know there was that uh, video with Matt, Sarah. um, Yeah, I was going to mention uh,
0: that.
1: Yeah. In a a casino and uh, matches held the guy down. I mean, Matt could have really hurt him. Um, but with, you know, that skill of control that you get in jiu-jitsu, you get in wrestling, you know, where you can control somebody, you can keep them down, um, you know, and I've had good uh, training partners tell me, you know, hey, you know, I got the guy in the ground. I went knee on belly. I, I held him down till uh, whoever came to break it up. Um, so, yeah, th- I think that is a very good benefit of jujitsu is, uh, you know, we can control people without. Hurting them, um, you know. Sometimes it may turn into a knockdown, dragout fight where uh, you know you may somebody may get hurt. But you know, in the best case scenario, you know I come in, I, I grab a body lock, I you know get my hips lower, I, I put him to the ground, and uh, you know control back position, create very little space so he can uh, throw elbows or headbutt me and uh, hold him there till uh, till the police come and uh, break it up.
2: Yeah, looking at the Ryan Hall one, and it's been a while. I think I did, when I interviewed him, I think I talked to him about that a little bit. but Yes. That's uh, been a while. <laughs> looking back at his, I think one mistake that he made in his, in his group he was with is after the altercation, you probably should leave. You probably should leave right now. Um, because I th- didn't he kick the person out of the restaurant basically and, and, yeah. and say, get out of here. And then the person came back yeah. later and apologized to him. Like yeah. that was lucky. The person didn't come back later and lucky. shoot him. Yeah, you don't
1: know if he's coming back with a gun.
2: Yeah. Like, so that he, I mean, are you going to trust this person that you don't know that you just kind of, uh, yeah, but handled you wait for easily? Pizza. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey
0: Byron, hey, I've got a really good story about that. Not to interrupt you, but I'll, I'll forget. Okay. Go for um, it. Yeah, so uh, a few years after I got back from Alaska, I was working on a, a drag or a crab boat out of Astoria, Oregon, and um, we we went up fishing off the Washington coast, and a storm came and it blew us into a little town called Westport. And uh, so we tied the boat up, and everybody went up to the bar, and there's this girl dancing on the floor, nothing but trouble, and a couple of the crew members danced with her. Turned out she had a boyfriend that was the biggest, baddest uh, guy in town. And, and we end up with a, a street fight with like four or five guys off my boat and four or five of these other guys and this big giant dude who's like the baddest dude in town. But we happen to have a college kid working on our boat who was from Arizona State uh, and was on their wrestling team. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so. He had no problem subduing this guy. And, and you know, I ended up with a bunch of stitches in my hand because I got thrown through a plate glass window. But other than that, nobody got hurt. This dude didn't get hurt. He very well could have. Um, but you talk about the the get out of town while you can. So the next day, uh, the storm was going to blow for a couple of days. So someone came and picked everybody up. We were all going to go home for a couple of days. And we're at a gas station. And all of a sudden, the car is surrounded by guys with baseball bats and <laughs> I mean, it was pretty hairy. And so speaking of the negative ramifications, you've always got to watch that. You don't know you, you win a fight and the guy's so humiliated and he takes drastic measures a, a day, a week later. So always something to remember, but uh, yeah, be careful if you ever go to Westport guys.
1: Yeah.
2: Not an endorsement Westport, for Joe. Westport,
1: Alaska, not West Point, Kansas city.
2: <laughs> so that the, the the that incident or the Ryan Hall thing, like he handled it really well as far as keeping the other guy safe, keeping his friends safe, keeping you know like, but they should have left. And I don't know, m- maybe they did. And I'm remembering it wrong, but I think they stayed and they no. I, did, the I, I think
1: that guy came back in. Yeah, yeah. And, and but I mean, you I should be gone by that point. Yeah,
2: yeah, you should be gone yeah. by that point. You should you should say you know sorry, we're not going to stick around for you know a meal. You can't trust the person doesn't come back with a better tool to deal with you (laughs) that's like that's not safe that's not street smart you know that's ryan hall really good at fighting really good at jujitsu uh but i think that was an error and it's just good to look at like what, what we can do differently after something like that happens and so like when you go to a restaurant it's a smart idea to put yourself to where you can look at the front door or look at you know if somebody comes in making a big commotion you've got eyes on them right away it's also smart to know where the exits are you know most people will want to exit the same door they came in it, it happens any any place like let's just say that the fire alarm is going off at Walmart 95% of the people will go be leaving at the front door at Walmart or the stores filling with smoke or whatever there is there could be, there could be a, uh, somebody shooting somebody inside they all go out the front door there's exits all over that store. You know, there's definitely some in the back. Like you need to go to your closest exit and just leave. <laughs> but if you're not aware of that, that's a street smart thing. Uh, you'll you could possibly run right by the the most dangerous thing, whether it's a explosion or somebody shooting or a fight, um, when you didn't have to. So that's that's a restaurant or a public place. It, street smart, you know no you know keep an eye on what's happening around you, and a good way to do that is look at the uh, have your eyes on the front door because people are going to come in, but also look at those exit signs and and know where they are, and those should be reliable um, the they're they're checked you know here in Wichita every year, make sure that the exits are clear and they don't have stuff in the way and it should be a good way for you to get out of dodge
1: if you need to Joe but today so today that's a little different um you know because of covid. A lot of a lot of restaurants, a lot of institutions and financial institutions are shutting doors down, especially entrances, you know, just to hurt everybody in one entrance, you know, so that you can check to make sure everybody's masked up. It's easier to uh, file ordinances. So, uh, you know, I can, you know, tell you my financial institution, uh, you know, the building I work at normally had uh, two large entrances. And right now, I mean, you walk in, it looks like uh, you can get out that way, but you know, you're going to be stuck.
2: Wow. Wouldn't have thought that, Gary. Yeah. So as far as techniques go <laughs> for jiu-jitsu, <laughs> uh, I think, so what Jujitsu designed to do? It depends why you're there and what you're taking in. Uh, you know, a lot of us come to Jujitsu for self-defense and then stay for something else. And, and I'm definitely in that category of I'm not there for self-defense. I'm there because I enjoy it. It's good exercise. I enjoy the challenge of jujitsu, But, you know, I was fortunate. You know, Johnny did teach us a lot of striking. He did teach us some self-defense principles, which I think I don't know for sure. But I think those go, you know, it's like I know them. And, you know, I know I have throw a decent, you know, jab cross combo or, or, you know, a little bit of head movement. I'm not going to be good at it. I don't it. know about decent. I'm not going to be good at it, <laughs> but I've been hit no, a couple of th- times. Go ahead, Joe.
0: Well, no, you're getting to it. Go ahead.
2: No, I think a little bit goes a long way in that category. It's, yes. a, it's similar to the you walk into the, the karate school and every now and then they, they try to do a takedown or they try to do a rear naked choke or whatever. And you know what? A little bit goes a long way, even if it's done pretty wrong. They understand, yeah. you know, somebody probably figures out better than somebody else. And one of them ends up with a decent takedown. And they all get, they all feel what it's like to get taken down by a double leg or whatever. Like they don't know the ins and outs of it, but a little bit can go a long way to preventing a takedown, especially against an unskilled person.
1: And Joe, I know you talked about, you did some backyard boxing, um, you know, stuff like that when you were younger and, and I know you still hit bag and still probably train a little stand up, but, uh, you know, and I, I spar every uh, Sunday with the little gloves on. And, um, you know, we probably go 70 percent. But, you know, I, I always just figure not that I figure. I still think I'm totally garbage. But, um, you know, I, I think that little bit, uh, you know, goes a long way. And I, I agree. know you're in the same boat.
0: Yeah. And, and Byer mentioned that, you know, while well, I've been hit a few times. And I think that's one of the biggest values. If you watch somebody that's not done any boxing or striking, when they try and get out of the way of the punches, they just move so much further than they need to or the wrong direction or, you know, and then when they get hit, they're they're dazed and, and don't really understand, <laughs> you know. So I think that's really key. And uh, I like that you're wearing the little gloves uh, Gary, and I assume that when you say you're, uh, sparring, it's not just stand up, but you're doing, uh, like MMA type stuff.
1: Yeah. MMA. That's all. I mean, we're yeah. not going to the ground on this. It's just, uh, you know, I normally do, we do our first hour, just a hundred percent kicks and punches and, uh, you know, oh, that was 70%. Throwing. Yeah. I mean, we're not killing <laughs> each other, but you know, and that's one part of the reason I don't want to put headgear on. Cause I want to get used to getting hit, you know, stuff like that. Um, it's uh, I mean, it's not like we're killing each other, but I do think, and I mean, to be honest, I I really started liking the sport. Um, you know, Byron knows when we first started. Um, you know, our school started going into a, a MMA vibe, um, and I thought I wanted the MMA at that point. You know, I I thought MMA was cool. You know, Jujitsu wasn't as cool. That was my opinion, and. You know, I got hit a couple times and I was like, man, I'm going to stick with this jujitsu thing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like Byron and I, have, a lot of our training partners went the MMA way and me and Byron kind of stayed in the jujitsu way. Um, but, you know, now it's probably been about the past year, you know, been working that. And uh, it's kind of cool now. I mean, picking it up where, you know, I kind of see it's almost like jujitsu, where before it was almost just like I was just throwing punches. Now, you know, I'm throwing that jab out there, you know, to get you to react. And then I'm going to hit you with a cross or, you know, hit you with that lead hook. And, uh, you know, it's, I guess because I've done jujitsu back when I was trying to do MMA, I didn't know anything about jujitsu either, but now it's like jujitsu. It's a big game because you're trying to set somebody up. And, uh, now I see that it's the same thing in, uh, in striking and, uh, you know, it's a really, it's a cool mental game. It's, uh, you know, fun to uh, try to set stuff up.
0: Yeah, I know this is a jujitsu show, but uh, here, here's another. I'm listening to you talk, Gary, and uh, you're talking about the similarities between jujitsu and striking, and I'm thinking that that's one of the other values about doing a little Good bit point. of stand up. Is how do you know? When you're in that perfect punching range for your opponent to knock you out, or when you're at the perfect angle for them to attack you, if you haven't done a little bit of sparring, you know, as grapplers, we either want to be well outside of their punching range, or we want to be right up close to them, and it's um, it's transitioning through that uh, punching and striking range that'll get a guy in trouble. And I think, like Byron said, just a little go a long ways. I think doing a little bit of stand up will get you familiar with that distance and, and better able to judge it and stay out of trouble.
1: Byron and I, his first instructor like Byron was talking about would do a little bit of MMA, but he was really big into, uh, uh, kapop, which is a Israeli martial arts. So really a lot of self-defense and, you know, he trained a lot of different things, have like keto and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, he opened my mind to different things, but, he would do like some i'll never forget one scenario he did which i thought was cool and byron this is over at the old uh, gym across from town east you know that that really nice one with the um but so he had this big mat space and he kind of on the other side of the building he had uh weights and there was a, a chain link fence in between there with a little door and one day there was probably 12 people in class and uh He's like, okay, what everybody's got to do is we're going to start you on the far side and you got to fight your way all the way to that door, uh, that chain link door without going down in the ground. You go down in the ground, you're dead. And, uh, you know, basically real realistic self-defense, except I'm probably not going to get attacked by 12 guys unless I'm, you know, on a set of the warriors. But um, so, uh, you know, a couple guys did it and, uh, you know, we just beat the crap out of them. Um, Never made it anywhere close. And I'll never forget, I was so proud of myself, you know, I, I I get to the, the edge and, you know, I look and there's like 12 angry guys ready to beat me up and, uh, I yell, Hey, you know, I can't remember what I said. Hey, what do you want? And I pointed like over to this, you know, the total other side, everybody's head looked over the other side where I pointed and I just ran untouched to the door. And uh, you know, I was always just remember that, and I remember John's like, "Man, that was using your head." And That's he's like,
0: "Brilliant." He's like,
1: "Yeah," and you know, and and that was w- one of the things John taught me. You know, is like, you know, you got to be think outside of the box, be creative, and uh, and I just remember I was so proud of myself. Like out of all the stuff I've ever done in jujitsu or whatever, I'll never forget that day because I was just sitting there thinking, "Man, I'm going to take a beating," and. uh you know, just use some of that guy's uh, teachings and uh, thought outside the box, and uh, and if real world scenario, that probably worked pretty good. You know, hey, look, the cops are here, and uh, you know everybody looks over there, and I run as fast as I can and hope I make it.
0: Yeah, yeah, you Ever do that while you're rolling, Gary?
1: <laughs> you know, I, 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 Byron he does it all the time. Byron will you... know. Byron will tell you I did this a couple of weeks ago. Did I not, Byron? Yeah, Gary does it all the time. Oh,
2: spider over yeah. there.
1: Or something on the mat. You know, or like a couple of weeks hey, ago, Bob. Byron and Becky were right next to me. And, uh, and you know, when I'm rolling, a lot of times I'm having conversations. So, you know, I was telling Becky, you know, how, how much of a jerk Byron is and this and that while I'm rolling with somebody else. And uh, so then all of a sudden I, I scream. And while my, my training partner was on top of me, so everybody, Byron and Becky and my training partner, all just stop and look at me. And I grab a single leg and take the back. It works good it's terrible
2: so uh that same day gary smarted his way out of getting beat up in into the get the exit door i just got beat up <laughs> i did the dumb method i'm gonna try to get do you this. remember that day, Barbara? yeah i do Were you there that's... that was that was yeah. uh, interesting but
1: yeah it was a it was a real world you know i i thought that was unique of what he did
2: you gotta you gotta do that with if you're gonna try that sort of thing you got to be, you, everyone who's doing it has to try to stop that person from leaving the, that door, but also know that you don't want to actually hurt that person. Because it is like five versus one or eight versus, it's like that person yeah. is likely I to mean, get injured if it's not done
1: right. So yeah. be careful, and I mean, guys. The, when I said people, a bunch of angry people, really all they were going to do is take me down, throw some, put me in a noogie, you know, give me a noogie and a couple <laughs> shots to the ribs, really soft, you know, and talk smack to me. Like they weren't killing me or yeah. anything, but I still didn't want to go through that.
0: So, you know, uh, Gary, I think that's kind of the point of smart jujitsu games for kids. You know, kids play those kind of games all the time. Yeah. I've seen it where kid gets the uh, uh, medicine ball or something, and he's got to get it across the line, and the other kids are grabbing and pulling him at it. And then the next kid that gets it, he's got to head for the other line. And that's kind of that same thing. And I was thinking... Um, uh, at, at the school in Louisiana a year or two ago, we played a game in the adults class where, like, you're you're both laying on your backs at opposite ends of the uh, uh, gym, and the coach drops the belt, and you got to jump up and run and be the first person the belt. Sounds like a silly game. But what if there's a weapon presented in the middle of an yeah. altercation? Yep. You know, a, somebody pulls a gun, it skitters across the floor, and the first person that gun is going to win.
1: Yes. Yep man yeah i think i think those are you know great practical experience uh you know that could help you in a crazy situation
2: we do I mean, also do drill remember this one like you like you hold the tennis ball and you try to get it from the other person like Gary holds the ball and i have to get it out of his hands and that's kind of like fighting for a weapon type of a thing without actually a weapon yeah. but can i control him enough to break his grip on that and it really feels like i'm seven fighting with my little brother and try to get the toy out of his hand. But we both know jujitsu now.
1: <laughs> yeah. but So let's let's go back, you know, all three of us. You know, we've been training a while, all of us. But um, So let's say, you know, we go back uh, to when we did that. You know, so let's say me against Byron, we've been training six months and, you know, we're totally garbage. But let's say today I've now been – I just hit my six-month training. I've been training six months and Byron's my instructor and me and Byron do it. Byron's going to destroy me now. Um, you know, with with our experience of doing this so long, you know, we can control limbs. We can control hips. We can control posture. Um, you know, we can pin that arm. We're going to f- like I'm just from doing jujitsu for so long, I figured out ways to get leverage. I figured out ways to make your body weak. And stuff that I couldn't do before, that I just try to do with pure strength. And uh, you know, I, I, I just think jujitsu is a great tool to keep us safe on the streets, uh, you know, wherever. Yeah.
2: So some things to remember, you know, if if that's happening to you, <laughs> or if it might, if you might be getting into a self defense uh, situation, uh, we're not on the mats, so the the surface of the ground can play a huge role in the outcome, whether it's you know, dirt, grass, iron concrete, Byron, asphalt, Gary. I wanted,
1: can I stop you right now? I'm telling you, we had a very good instructor who really went into self defense when we first started. I remember he used to tell me when I brought my knee over to Mount, don't hit your knee first because you may be, you know, on a uh uh in a parking lot and there's glass in there and you cut your knee open. Um but actually I, now i i don't ever step we were talking about a step over the mountain you know now i just slide the knee across but um you know I, you make good points there and, and it was uh, i'm i'm i didn't realize how blessed i was to train uh with Johnny um you know to start off with
2: another thing about uh self defense it's not necessarily one one on one <laughs> so that's it's just so it's i'm going to roll at Joe and we're both going to you know Work on our jiu-jitsu, my jiu-jitsu against Joe's jiu-jitsu or whatever. So the benefit of the street, usually the other person has no idea what's going on. But oftentimes they have a buddy or a spouse or, um, you know, a whole team behind them that's ready to, to get their back. Or not take their back, get their back? That has their back. No, you have their back. I don't know. That is going to help yeah, them in he this fight. Back. This is confusing. So, But, but they could potentially have just one more person so gary has uh somebody in the mount and he's he's talking to them getting out control and suddenly you know someone comes out of the kitchen with a frying pan and hits him on the head like did you train for that gary <laughs> it's not no, necessarily one that's what
1: that's what i love about jujitsu and and i hear people say all the time you know jujitsu is just good one-on-one and it may not even be good one-on-one because i'm just gonna bite you and they don't realize i can bite you back you know, when I'm training with Joe, you know, we we're being nice to each other. I'm not gonna bite him, he's not gonna bite me, but I guarantee I can control you a lot better than you can control me, and I can uh, Mike Tyson your ear if I need to. You tell me but, Joe has never bitten you? Yeah. <laughs> never. Never. Man. But but you know the the one thing I like
0: to about you. You're, to, you're special, Byron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I just nibble on Byron.
0: <laughs>
1: oh guess we better cut that one out. But uh, <laughs> Yeah. But, um, you know, I think of jujitsu and we, we go back to stuff we've talked about here. You, you're being aware. Um, you know, I hope I was aware enough to know that he's got a buddy with me. You know, let's say I do, you know, go, start a fight with, uh, not start a fight, try to finish a fight with this guy who started it with me. Cause I, I don't plan on starting anything. You know, I I'm not gonna probably go full mount. I'm going to go neon belly. I'm going to be holding those legs down or holding his hands down with all my weight, but I'm going to be, let's say I knew his buddy was off to his left. I, I'm going to be making sure I'm looking that way. Um, you know, if, if, it's, if we start getting five on one, you know, it doesn't matter, but you know, let's just say he's got his, his buddy there and it's just one buddy, you know, I'm going to be able to dismount easily and back up to keep that space. So, uh, you know, buddy number two doesn't uh, Bruce lead me in the face.
0: Yeah. Uh, my preferred tactic in those scenarios, Gary, is I, I get the opponent in sort of a standing rear naked choke. And then point. when his buddy, buddy tries to Bruce leave me in the face, I turn and, and then he gets kicked in the face. And then I spin 360 real fast. <laughs> so the guy I'm holding his legs come out and I spin.
1: <laughs> I've seen that in a movie before, Joe. <laughs> but I mean, even uh, uh, standing uh, rear naked choke, you know, it's uh, if he's got a buddy with him. You know, you can easily, you know, put the buddy in between you and him. You let go of the rear naked choke, push the buddy into him. You created some more space and, you know, maybe you can get out of dodge. Yep. Maybe we can stall long enough for help to come. Um, Who knows? But uh, I do think, you know, with our training, we are going to be in a lot better spot um, uh, versus, uh, you know, not training and just thinking we're tough guys because I watch the UFC.
2: Yeah. So uh, another thing, you know, it's not, we're not on the mats. It's not what I want necessarily. And it's not safe. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu is pretty safe. I mean, if you think about all the hours and hours of, of time you have sparring that to just a minute or two of actual fighting, crazy dangerous. <laughs> you, like your life is on the line you know, you get hit and you fall back in and crack your skull in the concrete that could be life changing um, or, you know, two people come, you, you're, you're engaged, you're in Mount, you're doing well. And somebody comes up and stabs you like who knows? So just it's jujitsu safe fighting, super dangerous, <laughs> pretty simple comparison as far as like what, when, when I am assuming somebody is not wanting to actually fight me because people are afraid to fight I'm assuming the super dangerous activity is unlikely to happen. And I have to change my mindset And that. I have to assume, you know what? It pro- like, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope I'm not going to have to fight this guy. But I need to do every measure I can to make sure it doesn't happen. And also, if it does, it, it goes okay for both of us. But um, just high-risk activity is, is super dangerous. So, guys, yeah. be safe out there. <laughs> but,
1: yeah. I like what you're saying, though. Uh, you know, now we have a dilemma um you you're talking about if it does go on to a fight I need to protect myself and make sure I come out okay but try to protect the other person you know so then you get in a dilemma like do I just take this dude's head off real quick he's coming at me um you know this is life or death and i i don't know you know cuz do I just want to keep him safe or do I want to freaking disable this guy as quick as possible? Do I want to get a takedown, go knee on jaw, grab a Kimura and twist that thing as far as I can till I hear twelve snaps? You know, and then I I think if it you know, maybe I'll get in trouble and but you know, if that guy's coming after me and and it's a real knockdown drag out, you know, where, you know, I'm afraid of my life, I'm afraid for this. Like you have that dilemma. Do you finish it as quick as possible with as much force as possible to get that threat over with and get the freak out of Dodge. Or do we try to keep that person safe? Um, you know, for stuff we were talking about before, you know, are you going to get sued? Or are you going to do that? You know, hopefully we're not the ones who started the fight, you know, which could maybe, you know, help us out if it did go to court. Uh, but that's a, that's a tough question yeah. there. Yeah, uh, Gary, I think, I think I'd rip the arm off. Yeah.
0: Gary, you know, I had a, I had a police officer tell me a couple months ago that uh, many people uh, misunderstand the, the concept of de-escalation. They, they think it means that it gets to a certain point and then you slowly start to walk it back down. But the object is to de-escalate back to zero as quickly as possible. And in your scenario that you're laying out a quick left hook, a clean yeah, knockout okay. punch, and you've de-escalated the situation entirely. I'm not okay. advocating that necessarily, but uh, that is one way to look at it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think if it boiled down to that, I think that's the way I would go. Uh, but, you know, yeah, you I, throw I that
0: two do... on as hard, fast as you can, and he's yeah. probably done fighting. He, he... but yeah. okay, well, I let mean, me, I let don't jump in hurt here.
2: Anybody. You do though. <laughs> if you're a and somebody, you want to hurt them. That's what that's what a Kimora yeah. is. But let's say Gary, but no, I you get attacked you by some guy. I Joe, I don't try to hurt you guys. So what's the, yeah, exactly right. That's different. So you, you you get some stranger who attacks you in a Kimora position. Yeah, his arms, let's just say it's, it's 10 seconds. Yeah. Let's say it's 10 seconds. You're okay. he's in a Kimora, okay? So easy. Yep. Why yep. not talk to him? Dude, I'm going to break your arm. I'm going to break your arm at your shoulder here and look at his buddy and say, "If he keeps fighting me, I'm going to break his arm." And his friend's going to you know like talk to Every his friend. Every
1: second though. Let's go back to that though. Every second you don't de-escalate it back to zero, there's a more of a chance that you're going to get hurt.
0: With his other hand, Byron, he's fishing for a knife in his I pocket. I don't know. That's the
2: but problem with these self-defense things. You get to just it's easy to just make it worse and worse. I think before I'm committing somebody, I could talk to them and say, dude, you're going to get your arm broke. You, are you done fighting? And then look at the buddy say, he's done fighting, right? You're going to stop him from coming back at me because I don't want to let him go, and then he charges me again. But yeah. I don't and want to destroy Joe somebody's I, arm. I don't want to hurt anybody. You and I are
1: going to be at your funeral. <laughs> well, I'm not, I mean... I don't know, man. I, I just don't know if somebody's coming at me and throwing punches, if I'm not just going to rip that sucker off. You might, if I can, if I can, who knows? And... Get out of Dodge as quick as possible. You, you
2: think you could go full blast if he is screaming? Like, like he's going to start screaming. He's going to feel popping. Like, I think the humane person would, would say, Are you done? This could be worse. Are you? I think you're done. And then look for a, a way to get out. I don't know, out. man. I don't know. I don't know I, either. I, I, but it's a bad spot for everybody me. because well, you're going to get sued. Know.
1: You're going to be in trouble. Yeah. You, like, if, if you go to Jesus to be am, I really case, gonna be am I really going to be in trouble? I mean, the guy started. I can tell you, I'm not going to start a fight. Uh, yeah, you know, the guy started. He came after me, and uh, you know, the only time I may come after somebody is if I see them hitting a lady, hitting my my mom. Well, my mom's passed, uh, but uh, hitting my family or you know picking a you know something like that, yeah. you know. Or I, I would help somebody who's getting stopped on the street. Uh, you know, that's you know when I would you know take the lead in a. Striking situation, but I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I'd like to have a cop or a lawyer here. But I think with jujitsu, we're able to talk while we're fighting, and
2: we're able to try to deescalate that I, with our
1: words. I'm going to be biting, though, Byron. That's
2: not a thing. I don't know if I can talk <laughs> at that time. <laughs> I'm just and trying and to advocate for being smart while you do this, having street smarts. Uh, yeah, you know, after I, I, the fight's I, over.
1: Yeah, yeah. I there's that fine line though. You know, it's, uh, I don't know, you know, I don't get into situations. I don't know what I would do. Um, if you think about it, you're more likely to, but the thing is I want to come home to my kids. You know, I, I don't want any chance that I'm not making it home.
0: I'll go back to what I said at the beginning of the show. I said, one of the things that drew me to, to jujitsu was that, you could win a fight without actually hurting somebody. And actually probably now that I'm listening to Gary and his reasoning, probably more accurate way to say it is you can win a fight by the method that you choose to win the fight. You know, you, you can win a fight without hurting anybody because I, go back to one of the scenarios I'm looking at. One of my kids has a friend who drinks too much and he's here tearing up my yard. And, you know, I don't want to hurt that guy. On the other hand, some dudes coming to rob my house. I don't know who he is. I don't know what kind of weapons he's got. I'm going to approach that scenario differently. Sure, but okay. um, I, I think I I think I see both viewpoints. Obviously, I do not want to hurt somebody, and I, and I would choose the um, that don't hurt. I I would choose Byron's method, you know, if if I thought that was realistic. But I agree with Gary that there's so many unknowns that I'm not going to rule it out. Yeah, it's you know each
1: each situation is going to have its own merits yeah um you know but the thing is i my first thing this is me is i want to come home for my wife and kids um you know my second thing is taking you know not getting sued my third thing is taking care of that other person um but you know that other person especially if he starts it which like i said i don't plan on starting fights um you know, it's he's the least of my worries. Uh, my number one worry is, you know, I want to watch my kids graduate. I want to watch my kids get married. Uh, you know, I want to watch. I want to have grandkids.
2: Yeah, but just I, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. There, there are definitely times when when you need to literally uh, end this situation. Like if you got the guy in the Kimura, and if you, if you feel like he's going to attack you again, and that's just a judgment call, and you're using your own. Um, your own gut, you know, like I let him go. He's going to, he's going to attack me again. Like, I think you're perfectly justified. But if you got him in the Kamara and his friends, like, dude, dude, don't break his arm. I'm going to, I got him. I'll, I'll take him home. I'll make sure he doesn't attack you. Again. I
1: think that's a different story. Cause you, the friends already trying to deescalate it. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: But even if you he's know, mad I've, at you, if the friend is willing to yeah. help you not hurt his yeah. guy, I
1: think you yeah. have to, you have to like, consider that option. I think in that situation, I would consider that option, you know but. I've got to make sure that friend doesn't get too close to me. I don't know what the freak's going on. You know, like if his friends comes running from across the, and I don't really know what's going on. Cause remember my brain has to interpret all this information very quickly. Cause if that guy gets too close to me, you know, he can play Ray guy with my forehead and, uh, you know, I'm not looking to get punted, you know, 30 yards down the street.
2: Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a complicated thing. Each situation is unique. I think that, being a martial artist, we're in the we're in the position where we have more control over our surroundings than the average person yeah. in a street fight, and yeah. you know, you on the mat, you're my our friends. You know, we owe it to each other to uh, you know try to help each other out and 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 be safe out there. But yeah. it ultimately, if it ends with nobody getting hurt or one person That's getting hurt. I don't
1: want him to be my friend getting hurt.
2: Like yeah. I don't want Gary to get hurt. You know, so yeah. if one person's gonna get hurt, not gonna be Gary. I don't want to be Gary. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I do think, you know, we've talked about this before. I think the thing about being a martial artist is, at least for me, and I know Joe mentioned it too, that you know I am more or less apt to fight. Um, sure. You know, I have nothing to prove. I, I I feel confident in my skills. Not. I feel like I'm competent. Um, with my skills and I'm going to do everything possible to walk away where before I started jujitsu, that ego would have got to me, you know, like, Oh, I, I'm a tough guy. I can do this. Now I'm like, I don't care. Like Joe said, call me whatever you want. Um, I'm going to walk away if I can walk away. And, uh, but I, I think that's the cool thing about a martial artist is I can walk away. Um, I know I had the skill set. If it warrants and everything works out perfectly, and I do have to fight you, I'm just going to control you till somebody comes breaks it up. But you know, depending on you know what is happening, it, it could get escalated much farther.
2: Guys, we're going a little bit long here. I had an, another street smart situation with. Um, Not necessarily self-defense, but – so in the definition of street smart, it mentioned getting along with others, common sense, self-defense, and uh, BS detection. And in reading those, I was like, man, it also matters when you travel and go to another gym, you know, getting along with others, common sense, like knowing who you could trust, knowing are you in a good area of town, like uh, knowing are these people – did you just walk into a uh, serious MMA-level gym or is this a casual get-together between friends – and or somewhere most likely in between, like uh, or a kids class, like all you know, you need to know where you are and what's appropriate for that room. And same thing with doing a tournament, like what kind of tournament is there? Ten thousand dollars on the line with this person is going to do. Uh, you're going to have to literally injure the person, or they're they're going to be looking. They think that of you as well. Like I got to break this guy's arm to get him to tap. That's different than if it's just for a small tournament, or you know something that's a little less important. Um, so just a little bit of street smarts on the mat street smarts. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yes. Just knowing people, knowing how to get along with others, knowing, uh, how to read somebody, you know, knowing if you're, if your training partner is getting mad at you, uh, I, I told my wife that the other day, I quit. If I feel like you're mad at me, I, I don't need to roll with you. Like, I don't want you mad at me and rolling. That's not, that's not fun.
1: You know? Yeah. You know, I got a good story about that. Um, Joe, my, my big training partner, you know, I used to roll five days a week with him, two hours straight. Um, and Byron knows this guy. He's six, three, you know, 300 pounds. Huge. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a power lifter. Uh, he does a strongman competitions, but he's very agile too. And, uh, you know, me and him just trained constantly and, um, uh, he, uh, one day And, you know, he'd kill me, um, whatever he wanted, you know, he would do. But, you know, he always treated me with respect and courtesy. But I'll never forget one day he kind of ended up like putting a knee on my jaw and, you know, but jumped into a knee on jaw and I got P.O. And I mean, I was ready to fight him right there. And, you know, I turned the aggression up and, you know, I'm pissed. And I I mean, I was within seconds of throwing punches and everybody in the whole gym was just stopped and watched and uh, nobody did anything. But I just remember we can kind of go back to uh, uh, almost just what we were talking about. Him being a good person kind of stopped it real quick. And he's like, hey, Gary, you know, and, you know, didn't show any fear um, He's like, hey, why I would he be? <laughs> just, yeah, I mean, no, yeah, why would he be? But no, this is you'll you'll hear the part about my story here in a second. And he stopped it. I mean, everybody was watching. There was probably twenty people in the gym watching. Like, oh man, these guys are ready to fight. But I remember he just stopped it. It's like, hey, we're good, you know, and patted me on the shoulder or whatever. And, and you know, I was so mad, like I couldn't even talk. Like adrenaline was pumping and everything. But you know what I really respected about that is he allowed me to save face in front of everybody by the way he acted, you know, and like that ego did play a part in that. And, you know, he knew he could have easily done anything he wanted to me. And, and I was going to get killed. I just remember thinking, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to punch him and I'm just going to get destroyed. But I was willing to do it. I was that mad. And uh, I just remember I was like, damn, that's a good friend right there. What he did, he allowed me to live and allowed me to save face you know like everything he did calmly you know he was a police officer too so he's used to stressful situations but he allowed me to calm down in a good situation but uh i just remember gary yeah de-escalated i just remember i was really impressed with what he did um you know, because uh, I didn't think it was going to end like that. I thought it was going to end with me in the hospital.
0: Yeah, he he had two options when it came to de-escalation. I'm glad he chose the one he did. Yeah, and that's
1: when because uh, Byron will tell you this was a very mean guy. And, Is that my you know, carry or the other guy? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, me and him had been really good friends, and it, it sh- that showed me right there, you know, the type of person he was. And uh, you know, normally when we rolled, he you know, he wouldn't kill me or anything. But uh you know, that time it was probably a mistake, but I took it the wrong way. And uh, you know, I turned like Byron said, your training partner's getting mad. I'm getting mad and I'm ready to throw punches. And uh, you know, he used his skills to de escalate it and uh, you know, allowed uh allowed a good ending.
2: Yeah. And that and that's with any training partner you shouldn't train somebody who's mad. <laughs> if you don't trust yeah. somebody, you shouldn't train with that person. You you I mean uh, if if my wife doesn't want to roll with somebody, she doesn't roll with that person. That's pretty simple. And and whether she has a good reason why or she has an excuse to tell them why, it doesn't matter. She's oh no, thanks. I'm I'm not going to roll with you today. Like <laughs> it's not yeah, not easy. Yeah, but it's it's an important way to uh, stay it's street smart. Stay safe on the mat, though. Uh, you, you you read the person, and you make an adjustment based on what you're reading. And if you think that the person is likely to injure you, hmm, that's straight smart.
1: Don't get injured. <laughs> well, we kind of I don't. We could talk on this forever, guys. This was a fun episode, guys. I, it I was. enjoyed it. Yeah, it was kind of neat outside of our realm because I ain't no self I ain't. Great English language. Yeah, no uh, grammar uh, expert, I, but neither is yeah, me. Yeah, but I'm not a uh, self defense expert. I'm not a self defense guy. Um, um, so, yeah, it was it was just neat talking, and uh, you know, hearing your guys' thoughts, and uh, I, I really enjoyed this one, guys.
2: Let's let Joe hammer this article real quick.
0: <laughs> I'll give it a shot. Uh, so Byron brought the article this week, looking for something different, and the uh, question is learn to skate at 40 or 50 you can do it too um, good article uh, I want so I don't know I didn't count that I think there's seven or eight points here uh, some are probably more relevant to jujitsu than the than others I want to deal with his number one it says uh, can anyone over 40 learn to skate that's the question and then he's got, are you, are you a sporty person, which is a funny way to word it, but he's talking about are you active, physically fit, you know, good shape, uh, that kind of thing. says, so do you have previous boarding experiences? The second uh, point, like uh, in, grapp- in jiu-jitsu, if you had some wrestling experience or something like that would be helpful, and that's what they're getting out here, if you snowboarded or surfed or anything like that. Uh, do you have any physical issues? Um, joint pain, mobility, et cetera, and do you have any balance issues? And I actually almost take exception to his overall number one point here because a, a new person could read it and come away kind of thinking, well, I'm not very athletic. Uh, I've not done any snowboarding or surfing, I, you know, and, and maybe I've got a, a bad knee or something. And, and ride it off. And I think that would be a shame. I think skateboarding, just like jiu I've seen so many YouTube videos uh, of people who have had double amputations and they ride in, like, a seated position. But they're doing flip tricks and they're going on, you know, big half pipes. I've seen people with cerebral palsy that are using the uh, – arm type crutches that they need to use, and they're on their board. I've seen uh, awesome. people that are blind, and they'll take their tap stick and they'll they'll go to the ledge and they'll figure it out. and then they'll get a run and start on the skateboard, and they'll jump up and they'll do grind and uh, grind tricks on the ledge. And of course, we've had guests on the show like Brian Marvin, who's had a spinal cord injury and uh, Brian, has almost been Brian, Brian, uh, Brian, Brian Freeman. Brian Freeman. That's Brian right. we we've had Brian Gordon Marvin Ryan. on the show too. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've had Brian Marvin on the show. But Brian Freeman, who's had a spinal cord injury, and you know, I just hate for somebody to to look at a list like this and think that they're disqualified from an activity like skateboarding or jujitsu. You guys agree with me on that one?
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know. About, I mean, go ahead, Gary. I I was just thinking it was just so cool, like what you were just saying about, uh, you know, a blind person with a stick in front of them and people with cerebral palsy with uh, the um, uh, crutches. It's it's just cool that that mind over matter, you can. You can do it, and uh, also I was sitting there thinking: is when you were talking about that, it's like, man, that would just make my day to, to you know, just see somebody like that skateboarding, and uh, you know, that's that's cool. It's you know, I told you I want to start skateboarding, and I just haven't done it, and you know, it's just telling me I need to do it.
0: There you go. I like. You it. want me to send you a board?
1: I like it. There you go. <laughs> I was actually uh, just in this article that was talking about. He's like, hey, check out my two reviews of longboards. You know, I don't know the difference between a longboard or what, but the I'm length, actually Gary, reading the about the Arbor Drop Cruiser right now.
0: There you go. No, and yep. yeah, so- and you know, uh, Wichita's got a pretty good skate community. I don't know how I got hooked up with them, but uh, I follow several pages out of uh, Wichita skateboarding pages, and they've got a good community up there, Gary.
1: Well, good i just tell him i know you and uh i'll fit right in yeah, good luck with that
0: <laughs> so Either so, that byron, or beat up. so byron the second point is you got to pick the right skateboard and i think picking the right skateboard is probably or picking a skateboard is probably one of the first things you do before you can skateboard what's one of the first things you got to do before you can train jiu-jitsu
2: you got to get in the gym
0: you got to pick a gym there you, you go you so get, uh I don't know if we forgot to plug, we it, did. If we plug it later, but you've got uh, your first year in jiu-jitsu where you talk about picking the right school, and I think that's the obvious correlation here, huh?
2: Yeah, that's a good one. You can find the, the audio book in the BJJ Break shop and uh, check it out, my friends. And it's basically, it's, I think it's about two and a half hours long, and I walk you through what to you expect your first year on the mats, you, just even from picking the first gym and starting to competing, if that's something that you're interested in uh joe i'm looking at this thing and he tries to make hopping getting on that skateboard and doing it as as simple and as easy and as safe as possible and that's the way i think i try to introduce my friends to jujitsu is i i want to be there the day that they're on the mat so i try to have them come in a day that i'm there and i try to get them uh you know good instructional where I can work with them a little bit and, or maybe somebody else that's better or more helpful to them. And then I make sure that if they do get to roll, that the rules are enjoyable and they, they're, they they're challenging, but they get to experience, uh, at least a little bit of offense as well. And thinking about my first time on a skateboard, um, and, and reading these things about, uh, first off, I don't skateboard. <laughs> That'll be clear in a second. But, uh, <laughs> Reading about picking the right board and how important that is, I hopped on my friend's, my neighbor's board and basically immediately fell and 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 I couldn't stay on it and you know even hitting a small pebble and I was getting launched and so I just like I'm not doing that <laughs> not gonna do it it's terrible but reading about it. I don't know how hard of a board that was for a beginner. It sounds like it was a really hard board to get on. And I just jumped into the deep end. It's like, Hey, I'm going to go with this black belt, smack him in the face. And then here we, I'm going to try to it goes bad. Um, you know, hopping on his skateboard, my, my buddies and trying that, that was the wrong thing to do. If I wanted to get a fair try at skateboarding, it was, it was, it was a bad take. You know, I don't think I'm going to, pick it up as a hobby but looking at it now I would definitely be looking at the size of the board uh, the, the type of wheels and, and the height of the board all these other factors that was I hopped on a guy who was a talent you know fairly talented guy and, and his board and man that sounds weird man that sounds weird uh, and I just fell immediately <laughs> that also sounds weird no but um, I had just a, a bad attempt it's like when you if you tried to just do it one time and it wasn't for you maybe it was just a bad attempt Maybe at the gym, you, you walked into the wrong type of gym for a new person to try jiu-jitsu. And, and you could maybe try a little bit friendlier gym or maybe a gym that, that meshes with you better, which which is an important thing. You know, it's a good match with you. And maybe jiu-jitsu is for you, but maybe that one experience was a tough first experience or maybe at the wrong gym for your first experience. But, uh, you know, if you're obviously you listening to a jiu-jitsu podcast, you're interested in it. You owe it to yourself to keep trying and, and find a place that's for you.
0: Yeah, I think you touched a little bit of, on there. We start over again. I think you touched.
2: Uh, I, anyway, I got it all.
0: You, you, yeah, you, you <laughs> talked about uh, the right board, and and uh, I think you, you kind of touched on knowing what you want out of skateboarding. Do you want to just cruise? Do you want to do uh, skate park type stuff in quarter pipes? Do you want to do street stuff where you're all laying up onto ledges and, and doing grinds? Because there'll be a different setup. For each of those scenarios, you know, I mean, not that you can't use one board for a different type of skateboarding, but there's sort of an ideal setup for the individual and the type of skateboarding they do. So if you figure out what you want to get out of skateboarding, then you can do a little bit of research and figure out what the best setup as far as the size of the deck, the width of the trucks, the width of the deck, the, the size of the wheels, the hardness of the wheels. I mean, there's all these variables to consider, and I think the same is true with jujitsu when you get started. We talked about self-defense on this episode. We've talked about competition on other episodes. We've talked about guys that are just hobbyists, you know, and they're just in it for fitness and camaraderie. And depending on what you're, what you want to get out of it, is gonna. If you've got four or five schools to choose from, that's gonna have a lot to do, a lot to do with which school is going to be best for you. I think.
2: Yeah, good, uh, good point, Joe. It uh, it's an interesting read. We like to bring in articles that are not Jiu Jitsu related and drag them back onto the mats. So that's always fun. Um, check it out, writingboards.com if uh, you're interested in doing that. But don't uh, don't leave Jiu Jitsu for that. It's a, it's a it's just a side hobby. <laughs>
0: yeah, every, everybody could do something to you know get an extra hour of fresh air and exercise. So uh, yeah, don't quit Jiu Jitsu. But if you think you might like cruising on a board, check it out.
2: All right, guys. Well, I had a good time getting with you guys and, and doing these uh, topic episodes. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely a good time getting with you, Joe.
0: <laughs> yeah, you too, Gary. Uh, nice talking to you, buddy. <laughs>
2: Thanks for letting me tag along, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> st- I'm still working on my uh, Kimura episode, uh, Kimura the person behind the technique. And uh, that's that's in the works. Don't know when that's going to be done, but uh, it's it's. I'm enjoying the process of uh, a different type of podcast episode. So anyway, uh, speaking
1: of podcasts, also uh, uh, check out uh, Byron and Joe and myself on the Old Rollers podcast. If you're wanting to get a little bit more of uh, more of us, so, yeah. uh, Old Rollers podcast. We we are all just uh, on there. Joe's will be released uh, probably before the show airs. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Gary says, "If you're wanting to get a little more of us, that that one guy, I'm not sure he's listening to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) He's plucking his ears right now.
2: Oh man, good shout out there, uh, Gary. I almost forgot. So, yeah, thank you, old rollers, for having us all uh, make our appearance. So uh, that was fun. Anyway, stay sweaty, my friends, and don't forget to
0: shower. Train hard, train smart, get better guys. Uh, We'll see you on the mats one of these days.
1: And don't rip the arm off in a self-defense situation.
0: Unless you absolutely have to. And then do it quick. Just like a Band-Aid. Just rip that sucker (laughs) off. (laughs)
1: Make sure you leave your business card at the scene of the crime, but it's not your business card. It's Byron's. Oh,
2: I could sell... uh... Business cards and people could just uh, frame me for different
0: crimes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. I hope you find the time today to roll. After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. You can visit our website at bjjbrick.com
1: for more good times. Swing by and like our Facebook page.
0: Our email is bjjbrick at gmail.com.